Mamma Mia subscribers, you've been asking and we've been listening. Now you can get all of your exclusive subscriber audio on Apple Podcasts. That includes everything from bonus episodes of your favourite pods to exclusive segments to all of our audio series. To link your Mamma Mia subscription to Apple Podcasts, open the Mamma Mia Out Loud page in your Apple Podcasts app and follow the prompts or head to help.mamamia.com.au. You're listening to a Mamma Mia podcast. From Mamma Mia, welcome to The Spill, your daily pop culture fix. I'm Laura Brodnick and today we're joined by a very special guest. Hello, am I the special guest? Yes, do you like how I built the anticipation around you, Lucy? It's so like Beyonce was in the room or something. Oh my god, not quite. I'm Lucy Neville. I am the co-host of Mamma Mia's podcast, The Undone, which is all about life in your 20s. And I'm coming to you live from under my washing line because that is our best chance of getting some good sound. And I'm filling in for Key today, who is on a very well-deserved well-being day, no doubt, running on the sand right now as we speak. I was about to say, she'll be out running the streets of Bondi. 100%. <laughs> Well, on the show today, it is Friday, which means we have Weekend Watch and we have two juicy TV shows to tell you about. But first, the entertainment news headlines of the day. I have news. What's the hot gas? I want more headlines. So there's some new news from ABBA. I'm not sure if you've heard about ABBA. They're pretty well known, to be honest. But just in case you missed the last 50 years, they're a Swedish pop group formed in Stockholm, Sweden in 1972. So during the height of their success, it consisted of two married couples. However, throughout ABBA being so successful and their popularity, their personal lives suffered, which eventually resulted in the collapse of both of those marriages. So they're one of the most successful commercial acts in history of pop music, topping the charts worldwide from 1974 to 1983. They were Sweden's first winners of Eurovision with their song Waterloo. They are one of the best-selling music artists of all time with sales estimating at about 385 million albums worldwide. And they had eight consecutive number one albums in the UK. They also toured internationally for years. Hugely, hugely successful. So They disbanded in 1982 and then 10 years later, a compilation, ABBA Gold, was released, which became yet again a worldwide bestseller. In 1999, their music was adapted into a very successful musical, Mamma Mia, that toured worldwide, and then a film of the same name, and then a sequel, Mamma Mia, Here We Go Again, two of my favourite movies, to be honest. And then in 2018, it was announced that the band had reunited and recorded two new songs after 35 years of being inactive, which is a big announcement today. So you're no doubt seeing everywhere, Voyage, their first studio album in 40 years, will be released in November 2021 as well as a virtual concert series. So firstly, they said in a statement, we took a break in the spring of 1982 and we've decided it's time to end it. They say it's foolhardy to wait more than 40 years between albums, so we recorded a follow-up to The Visitors, which is the last album they released as a group. The concerts will be held at a purpose built ABBA Arena in London's Queen Elizabeth Olympic Park on May 27th next year. And the show is holographic. So it's like motion capture, kind of what they used to create Gollum in Lord of the Rings. So they'll appear as they did in 1979, which is just so interesting to me. 
They said, the strangest and most spectacular concert you could ever dream of. We're going to sit back in the audience and watch our digital selves perform our songs. So the concerts will feature 22 songs, including the two new songs and their greatest hits, including Dancing Queen, which was very important to me when I heard this news. So very exciting news for ABBA. So exciting. This is how we know that nature is really healing because (laughs) ABBA is coming back. Dolphins in the streams and ABBA in London, virtually. Well, also making news today, last night this year's season of The Bachelor came to an end, which means we got to see someone's heart brutally broken on TV, which is always weird to me that people sit down to watch that. And we also got to see pilot Jimmy profess his love for his chosen lady, Holly. She's one of the blonde ones, I feel is the best way to describe her. So one of the biggest questions about this series was answered after the show ended because Holly and Jimmy both immediately posted these gushing tributes to each other on Instagram, confirming that they are still very much together, which is always the kind of clincher after these shows end because sometimes they break up in the months from when they film to now. So they're still together, which is very cute. However, despite all this gushy love and roses and everything that happened last night, there's actually been a bit of a dark cloud hanging over The Bachelor this season. And we're going to get into that. But first, Lucy, we need to talk about how things played out between Brooke and Holly in the final and kind of why everyone's talking about the editing and these two women after the finale. So I feel like, though, you have to get something off your chest first about The Bachelor. So I've watched The Bachelor every year, just like since its conception here, basically. Like I used to watch it with my mum and my sister at home and then I moved out and it was something that we would do and then call each other afterwards. And this year, even maybe the year before and maybe the year before that, I just care less and less. And I think that this season especially, and I know you're going to touch a little bit later on ratings, Laura, a lot of people just didn't really seem to connect with this season of The Bachelor. I did try and watch it because I was like, God, what else do I have to do? I live alone in a studio in lockdown. I've got like nothing else to do. And I was like, okay, I'm going to get into it again this season. I'm really going to try. I just couldn't do it. I watched like maybe three episodes and I felt no connection to anyone. As you kind of mentioned before, Laura, you were like, she's one of the blonde ones. That is kind of everyone's feeling around The Bachelor, I think, sometimes. It's just like, oh, God. Like, it just, I feel like I'm watching the same season every year. And so I've got to confess, I'm the listener in this situation. I need you to get me up to speed on what's gone down. I know. And I'm the person who knows the most about The Bachelor. That's a really worrying trend because I'm not usually a huge fan of the show. But some interesting things did happen last night. And one is that with the two final women, we always find that they get put into categories. So you've either got someone being made the villain, like Abby Chatfield, or you've got one of them made to look a bit too clingy. And there's always the one who's seen as like the girlfriend who's kind of like the traditional cool girl, you know, just really laid back and loves to chat with the boys and gets along really well with his family. So I think we saw that come up through a little bit last night. So one of the interesting things is that Jimmy's family, so his mum, dad, sister, and I think a cousin who had a lot to say were in the mix, which is weird because I feel like if I asked my family to come on a reality TV dating show, the answer would be a very firm no. After Brooke and Jimmy's mum had this big heartfelt conversation. And here's the thing too, is that Jimmy was like right up until the end, which I think is almost worse. Right up until the end, he was saying that he was in love with them both and he couldn't choose. I know The Bachelor always says that. And then everyone's shocked when these women are so upset when they get rejected. It's like because this guy's been telling them for a full week that he's in love with them and introducing them to his parents and stuff. And then Jimmy's mum had this sit down with Brooke where they kind of appeared to be getting along very well. And then she went to the camera and gave this secret interview saying that she was too clingy and Jimmy wouldn't like that. And that's how kind of Holly got more of the girlfriend 
edit. And then what people are also talking about today is Brooke is the contestant that left halfway through the series because a close family member passed away. And then she ended up coming back and she was very much seen as the front runner for most of the series. So they do that thing where they try to build one person up to be the front runner. And then when he said to her, it's not you, as they're standing on this big, beautiful kind of water setting with flowers and roses, and they're all dressed up. And you could tell that she so thought it was going to be her, like they all do. She was like, why did you tell me here? It's such a weird thing to dress someone up and parade them out in front of cameras to break their heart. So that's kind of the conversation happening today. But even that's only a bit of a ripple. Like people are kind of interested in that. But like you're saying, There just wasn't really a narrative this season. I think every year, I mean, I guess it's the older that I get and the more that you kind of experience heartbreak yourself maybe in different ways. I'm just like, this is really cruel. Yeah. (laughs) Like all of these women go on this show knowing what the potential outcomes could be in terms of the scripting. If they make it to the final two, they've seen many, many a season. They know what can happen if you're not the person that wins. But I think it would be incredibly difficult because the other thing you often hear is that, you know, how can they all be in love? Like, it's only been a few months. They don't see anyone else for the whole entirety of that filming. They don't have social media. They just see each other. And, of course, in the mansion, all they're going to be talking about is him. And then they see him. They get this, you know, special one-on-one time. And that is what they hold on hope, thinking how wonderful that date was. And, of course, that date had to be wonderful. It was TV. I mean, I know that, personally, I've gone on a great first date and thought that that had incredible potential. And then to be let down is, like, oh, it's heartbreaking. And then imagine if you're literally on a beach with some guy and he's telling you how in love with you he is, only then days later to be like, I don't actually love you. I've loved someone else this whole time. I think it's kind of inhumane. Yeah, exactly. And I think kind of what you're saying about it following that pattern of them all thinking they're in love with him and him kind of the way they choose someone, I think that's kind of why the ratings for this season were so low. It's just that there seemed that there were no stakes and no narrative. Like you're like, yes, he's going to pick someone and these two women seem both fine. And I also think for some reason people weren't invested in Jimmy's story Maybe because the only personality trait they gave him was that he was a pilot, which is lovely. Like, even, like, the final episode, the, like, intro was saying, like, he feels more at home in the clouds than on Earth. And I was like, that's not a problem. Like, that's not a hardship for him to overcome that he comes from a rich family. So, because the whole reason for bringing him in was to get, like, some fresh faces in the mix, which I think people agreed with. Because the idea was that they kept bringing back people from other seasons who'd been jilted or... But it turns out they didn't because they weren't invested in his story. Like, you think when Georgia Love rejected Maddie J and the whole world kind of side feel like Australia was, like, all so upset about him being rejected and so they were really invested in his season and same with Richie this is going back a few years now when he didn't make it to Sam Frost's final but he was the favorite from that show so then he's coming in with this big redemption arc and I think people respond to that a lot more than this which is kind of disappointing because yeah as we were saying before the ratings were quite bad so it was even lower than Lockie Gilbert's season from last year and it was the lowest finale ratings for over nine seasons which is not kind of great news for the show overall. But there is a little bit of light at the end of the tunnel because this week we got our first look at Brooke Blurton as The Bachelorette with her season coming up. And there's already been a huge response to that trailer. Oh, I can't wait for that. I think there is also something in I used to find The Bachelor a lot more appealing than The Bachelorette. I found that I watched it more because I think that I liked the drama of the women, but the older I get, the more I'm like, oh God, I just can't with that. I want to see like all these eligible bachelors 
fighting for her heart because she deserves it. I don't know what it is. Yeah. Like, I think that this year with Brooke is going to be even more epic because of obviously it's the most diverse The Bachelorette has been in its history, especially in Australia. So I'm just really looking forward to it, to be honest. I'll be watching that 100%. Move by Mamma Mia is the exercise app for anybody, anywhere. And in case you missed it, we dropped a brand new stretching collection that can be used to improve mobility and bookend your favourite sweat sessions. Mamma Mia subscribers get unlimited access to Move, and we drop new workouts every single week. If you're on the hunt for movement that makes you feel good, head to move.mamamia.com.au and use the code MOVE10 to get $10 off a yearly subscription. I finished my work week on my couch. Ordered some food. It's time for Weekend Watch. Our recommendations of what to watch this weekend. Well, now it's time for Weekend Watch and we have a few good recommendations for you today. So, Lucy, why don't you kick things off? There are two kinds of people, I think. I feel you're either a person that watches all the new shows and you know exactly what's coming out and all that kind of stuff. Or you're someone like me who is like, I'm going to rewatch my comfort shows over and over again. Just I don't need new shows. I'll just watch the same ones. And that is my recommendation today. But don't panic, okay? Because I think there are a lot of people that haven't seen this show. So whenever I'm asked for a TV recommendation, I always say imposters. Like it's been five years since it's been out or something and I still say it every time, which is a series on Stan and I've watched it, I'm going to say, four to five times start to finish and I'm probably going to do it again soon because what else do I have to do at the moment? So this series is shaped around Maddie, played by Israeli actress Imbar Lavi, who is exceptional. I have such a girl crush on her. Like, her character is very sexy. But anyway, she's a female con artist who gets men and women to fall in love with her. She marries them and then she disappears and steals all their money. And throughout the series, you meet some of her ex-lovers who have been left not only heartbroken but bankrupt by her and they come together to try and find her. But of course, she's using new identities. She's onto her next job. Would you call it a job? Yeah, she's onto her next her next mark. Her next assignment, yeah. Her next mark. She's using new identities. She's in new locations, new careers. So she's pretty much untrackable. Well, she thought so. So she also has accomplices and you get to know all of them and their stories and the nuances within those relationships. So in the first episode, Ezra Bloom, who's played by Rob Heaps, discovers that his wife, Ava, slash Maddie, has cleared out his bank accounts, emptied his safe and maxed out his credit cards and is nowhere to be seen. But... It's really interesting because the feelings are so mixed. These people have been so hurt by her in so many ways, but they're still very much in love with her. So it's kind of hard for them to separate those emotions as they're trying to find her. So they're holding a candle that they'll find her and it's like, we'll fall in love again and everything will go back to normal. But they realize that they haven't actually been in love with who they think they're in love with. So she was playing a character. Yeah, it's very interesting. So you're not sure who you're rooting for too, which I always love in a series because... It kind of keeps you on your toes. Personally, I root for Maddie. I think so often the role that she plays is usually played by men, leaving women heartbroken. So I love that she's the protagonist and the villain as well. And how well different experiences of heartbreak features throughout the series. Like you can kind of see yourself in all of them. There are two seasons. I can't go into the second season too much without spoiling the first, but you can watch them both on Stan. That is a great recommendation. I love Imposters. It's one of the shows I also recommend to people when they're in a bit of a TV rut because I haven't met anyone yet who hasn't liked it. It's one of those shows that actually appeals to all people. So great recommendation, Lucy. 
Okay, today I'm recommending a new show that has just dropped on Disney Plus this week, and it's called Only Murders in the Building. So it's a new mystery comedy series, and it stars Steve Martin as a former actor, Martin Short as a struggling Broadway director, and Selena Gomez as a young woman renovating this kind of New York loft for her aunt. So they all live in this fancy building in New York, and they're all obsessed with a true crime podcast, and they've all got things in their life they're trying to avoid. So Steve Martin's character Charles is struggling to find work as an actor. Martin Short's Oliver Putnam is struggling to find work as a director and his family kind of don't want much to do with him. And Selena Gomez's character Mabel is kind of very much living alone for the first time and trying to find her feet in New York. So they're all brought together one night when there's apparently like a fire in their big New York City apartment building. Everyone's evacuated and they all take refuge in this restaurant nearby. And that's when they kind of discover they're all obsessed with true crime and this one particular podcast and they're all trying to solve it. And when they get back to the apartment building, they find there's actually been a murder. And because the three of them are so obsessed with true crime, they set out to actually solve the murder and start their own true crime podcast. So it's really funny and just like they're such a great cast together. The chemistry is amazing. So Steve Martin and Martin Short have been longtime friends and collaborators. They've started lots of different movies together. So their chemistry is amazing. And it's interesting that Key and I a couple of weeks ago did a segment on Selena Gomez and how she kind of hadn't found her place in pop culture. But this is the best role I've seen her in. She's so good and her chemistry with the two lead actors is so good. And I just feel like it's one of those shows that just kind of really grips you in. It's funny. It's interesting. The writing is amazing. The fancy backdrop of New York will kind of make you very nostalgic for travel. And it's just a really easy, fun watch. So there's going to be 10 episodes all together. There's three that have dropped so far on Disney Plus. So if you're looking for a new show to get into, Only Murders in the Building, I recommend to watch that one. Well, thank you so much for listening to The Spill today. Thank you so much to Lucy for joining us under her little clothes hanger thing. I can't really see what you're in there, but it looks very hot and cozy. So we'll get you out of there soon. (laughs) Thank you so much for having me. And while you're listening, please follow us. Make sure to leave us a review and let us know what you love about the show. This episode of The Spill was produced by myself, Laura Brodnick, and Madeline Joannou with audio production by Leah Porges. We'll see you on mamamia.com.au. Bye. See ya. Mamma Mia acknowledges the traditional owners of the land we have recorded this podcast on, the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation. We pay our respects to their elders, past and present, and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander cultures.